0: You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in Addiction Recovery It is a blessing and an honor to have you back again for another episode. We are now at episode 21. Super pumped about this one because we are following up with episode 20. If you haven't listened to that one yet, um, listen to Obstacle Thoughts, which is what we're going to be talking about today, and then go back where I discuss what I'm going to be covering over the next three months as far as your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual journey and growth through sobriety and recovery. And so... I'm really excited, uh, like I always am. Anytime I get on the microphone to talk to y'all, it's uh, it's an honor that uh, I'm able to do this and that you're listening, and so thank you so much for being here. And so I'm very excited because as I was putting down my plan for the next three months or so, talking about growth within our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual realms, I really started to think about what were the challenges that I had to overcome in my first few months of sobriety and recovery, and still things that I'm overcoming today. And what I realized um, as part of my life coaching work, I listened to, and I'm a scholar for Brooke Castillo's The Life Coaching School. And I came across one of her podcasts that she did on obstacle thoughts while I was getting some sun the other day. And uh, I loved what I heard so much. I think it's the third time I had listened to that episode. I finally came up into my room. And went and took notes on the entire podcast. And as I was doing that for myself, I realized that this would be a lot of great, valuable knowledge for those of y'all out there who um, feel that the changes are coming. But perhaps there are these negative influences that are creeping into your mind. Perhaps other people are throwing them at you or they're made within yourself. They're your own thoughts that are driving these feelings and emotions, which, you know, spur these actions, which create the outcomes that you're getting, the results. And so I thought, okay, obstacle thoughts. What a perfect subject for our first step into this massive growth that we're all going to take over the summer um, through our own journeys that you're doing on your own and also what we're going to be experiencing here on the show. And I know you guys are super pumped to grow. I mean, that's what the summer's all about, right? You know, you you have this winter season, then here comes the spring, and it's all about rebirth and rejuvenation and the summer is where the the long hot days of summer, you know, bring about this tremendous amount of growth and in the fall you reap the rewards and then we hunker down for a long winter. You know, if I'm gonna go with the metaphor that we're all still living, you know, (laughs) in cold weather climates and you know we're tending fields um i did grow up on a family farm and so i definitely remember the seasons and you know while we weren't really selling our goods for um, financial gain certainly i understood exactly what t- time of year it was based on the amount of chores that my dad had me doing outside um so obstacle thoughts let's talk about these guys cuz i think that y'all um we all experience these right you know an obstacle thought um, and Now, mind you, if you want to go back and listen to the original, go find the Life Coaching School with Brooke Castillo. Um, I love her to death. Um, I've been in her scholars program for over six months. I've been listening to her for about two years. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Don't turn me off to go listen to her. Uh, listen to her after me. But by all means, um, if you're looking for some really amazing knowledge on how to coach yourself up. That woman is just a gem, and uh, I'm a, I'm just blessed to have found her. And on a, ironically, at a refuge recovery meeting, I was talking about I think positive versus negative feedback loops, and someone was talking about how they had heard of, of a life coach talking about that on a podcast, and she gave me enough information I was able to Google it, and after a few minutes of research, I located her, and I have been addicted to her ever since. Maybe not the best word to use, <laughs> considering uh, what uh, what we're all covering here. But you know what I mean. Uh, I have been um, focused on her teachings. I'm not addicted to her. I sit here and have withdrawals if I don't listen to her. Anyways, enough rambling. Let's get to obstacle thoughts, which are thoughts that are perceived obstacles to the goal or the destination you want to achieve. So think about... Whenever you first wanted to get sober. I remember for me, the first time I ever went to an AA meeting back at the University of Florida, and one of my thoughts was, you know, okay, I'm gonna be sober. What's gonna be like when I go to a wedding or whenever my I get married or my kids get graduate high school? I'm gonna want a champagne toast. I'm gonna there's all these thoughts about, well, what if then? Right. And these are all obstacles to my sobriety and recovery. All these what ifs that come up. And I want you guys to be thinking about The what-ifs that you throw at yourselves, you know, it's like whether it's just now getting sober or maybe you're six months, a year, two years into this – and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I want to take up this new hobby, or I want to lose 20 pounds, or I want to get a new job. Well, I don't know how to lose 20 pounds, or I don't even know where uh, my job skills would fit in in the workplace, and so I'll just stay where I'm at, where I'm comfortable. These are all obstacle thoughts that you're having. Rather than coming up with solutions, you're actually coming up with reasons why what you want, or uh, what you hope to accomplish won't be able to happen. And there's a term for that, uh, whether it's the law of attraction, whether it's the frequency bias, the confirmation bias, um, the reticular activating system, a uh, science word of the day right there, um, is something that uh, I became familiar with whenever I bought my new car and all of a sudden I was seeing Honda Santa Fe's all around town. and I'm really, Oops, I got all excited right there, <laughs> all around town. Um, what really started to... N- make me notice more Hyundai Santa Fe's was just the fact that I had bought one and I bought a Camaro. I would have noticed more Camaros, right? I'm driving a car. Therefore I'm looking for the car because I'm just looking for my my brain is actively seeking that. And I say all of this because if you're telling yourself you can accomplish something, your brain will actively be seeking the frequency bias, the confirmation that you can accomplish that. But if you're constantly telling yourself that you can't, then that's what your brain will be seeking. Okay sometimes these obstacle thoughts that can appear they can appear to just be observations. You know, in my notes I've got written down here that any thought that produces a thought in contrast to what you want is an obstacle thought. And they can be seen as observations. Like uh a, I'm, again, in my notes, I've got, I need a new social circle because now I'm sober and I want to get into recovery and I can't keep hanging out with my old friends because they drink and you still, right? But then you're, you start having an obstacle thought such as, I don't know how to make new friends. There's a good chance you've been locked in with your friend circle for so long that you really have just grown comfortable within that. And perhaps you don't know how to go to places and be sober and make new friends. So you start to look for that confirmation. You'll go to a party and you'll feel very uncomfortable or you'll stand in the corner and you won't talk to anyone because you'll feel like everybody's watching you because you don't have a drink in your hand, whatever it might be. And then your brain's like, see, I told you you can't make new friends. And then you go home and you feel sad and you feel lonely and now you don't have new friends and you go back to who you used to hang out with and boom, now you're using again. When in fact, as you walked into that party and said, I do know how to make new friends, right? you overcome the obstacle thought and say, the obstacle, I don't want to get too fast when I start talking about this, but look at an obstacle thought as a strategy, an obstacle thought as a plan. Like if I don't know how to do something, I will now have to learn how to do it in Brooks episode she talks about she brings up websites like i need a website to be a life coach i don't know how to make a website now I don't have a website, right? For me, I didn't know how to build a website, so I learned how to make a website. Now I have a website. If you've ever wanted to check that out, jessemogel.com is an easy way to see the website that I built. Um, and I did that. You know, I learned how to build websites years ago, and now I just know how to do it. But it wasn't easy. Nothing new, nothing that, that sparks enthusiasm and passion in you is going to be easy to learn there's going to be obstacle thoughts that come into your brain because our brains, they're still very caveman-esque. They they want to keep us safe, right? Whenever we start to see risk or fear of something new, our brain just says, well, you can't do that. And it gives you all these reasons why. And now you don't have to go through the risk or the fear. You could just get settled right back into that comfort zone. More than likely for some of y'all, I would imagine more than I could even imagine, um, at least for me, I had all of these obstacle thoughts whenever I was going into college about making friends and being seen as attractive to women and all of this jazz. And so I immediately jumped into alcohol and drugs because it's the easiest social circle to make friends in. You show up with a 12-pack and a bag of weed, everyone loves you, right? So I immediately just jumped feet first, head first, whole essence of my being into the alcohol and drug world because I knew I could make friends there fast and it worked. And it's what led me to where we are today. So through your actions, the thought becomes more believable. If you cannot make new friends, if you cannot stay sober at a party, then that's what you start to think and feel. And it it literally becomes the essence of who you are. And then whenever you go to these parties and you want to have fun, you you aren't having fun because you think that in your head you can only have fun if you're intoxicated. Where when I go into these parties, regardless of whether it's fun or not, I realize that me being intoxicated at it would only be the illusion of me having more fun. I'm I'd be like I said to somebody at work today I would just literally be chasing a dragon I was never able to catch and on top of that I'm never going to be able to go back to the old version of me at 18 years old when I first took acid or first smoked weed or first got drunk there was a newness to it right? By the time I hit 40 and I was still drinking, even though the drugs had gone 10 years prior, and one of the reasons the drugs went away 10 years prior is because it was just not doing it for me anymore. I no longer felt fulfilled. Alcohol started to do that. It took about 10 more years for me to finally have enough of that. And you guys all have your own timelines, but be thinking about all the obstacle thoughts that you had been putting in your way to getting sober back whenever you were still using and how many years it took you to overcome that. The brain is a very powerful apparatus, and it will give you the confirmation that you need to make sure that you truly believe whatever it is you're thinking. Now, I, I don't sit here and say, don't ever have negative thoughts, because then you're going to, law of attraction says that negative things will happen to you. I don't believe that. In my opinion, by expressing the negative thought out of your head, then you it, you get to pull it out of your unconscious mind and put it right in front of you and say, why do I have this negative thought? figure out why it's there and then figure out a path around it and then push it to the side and say, thank you, negative thought. I appreciate you. I'm going to now go do this positive action instead. So by having the negative thought, if you try to actually try to push it away and bury it into a hole inside your brain, it's just going to burrow in and just set, set up camp, plant roots before you know it. That negative thought is just so instilled into your head that it's damn near impossible. And I bet you a lot of us did this. Right? Like, look about to your using days. How many of these negative thoughts were you so afraid to say that they just took up camp inside your head and eventually just became a part of you? Like, this is what obstacle thoughts can do if you don't write them down and get them out of your head. And that's the next key point. Right? So one, it's to admit that there's an obstacle thought. Right? How, I can't have fun at parties whenever I'm sober. I can't make new friends when I'm sober. I can't have a bad day and be sober. I can't have a disappointment in my life and be sober. These are just obstacle thoughts. They're just ways that your brain is trying to get you to go back to the old comfortable behavior because that's at least where you were quote-unquote safe because it was familiar. It was habitual. So step two is now that you've thought about these obstacle thoughts, you've got to get them out of your head and down on paper. No doubt you've started to journal or write down your thoughts. You're doing something because everyone's got their own recovery strategy. And regardless if it's AA or Refuge or Smart or Kaiser or wherever you've gone, you've been told, do some meditation, write down, do some journaling. In some aspect or another, you're doing something to get these thoughts out of your head. For me, I'm putting everything into a Trello board and then I do these podcasts. I mean, these podcasts are just as much for me as they are for you. Going back over this podcast that I learned from Brooke Castillo and now teaching it to you just allows me to have it even more ingrained in myself so that I really take on this new version of me. And I really see these obstacle thoughts for what they are, that they're they're just strategies um, and steps to overcome the things that are holding me back. Once you start writing down these obstacle thoughts that you're having, right? They, they go from internally in your head to externally on paper. They become a separate thing. Now they're actually tangible. In your head, it's almost like they're make-believe, right? Just like all the stories you used to tell yourself about why you can't be sober or why you can't be in recovery or why this, that, or the other, right? It's all just this, you're just playing these movies, these little short stories in your head, get them out of your head and on paper, I cannot stress this enough. I do it all the time in a myriad of ways, whether it's just journaling, whether it's voice memoing it on my phone, whatever it is, taking little notes, posting things on Instagram to get them out of my head. Those long posts I'm putting up on Instagram, I'm doing that because I see a meme that triggers something in me. It triggers a thought, an emotion, a feeling, and I'm like, oh, I need to express this. I have to get it out of my head. And has been getting a lot of love on there because it turns out we're all having some of these same exact emotions, thoughts, and feelings. If you look at the obstacle thoughts, they will most likely not allow you to co- accomplish what it is you want. These goals that you have for yourself, right? Because they, they, inherently they want to hold you back. You have to be looking for this path of least resistance. And that's getting them out of your head and start to see... Okay, what are these thoughts and how can I use them to overcome this challenge of learning something new and becoming something greater than I am today? Right In in my Instagram posts and even in Brooke's podcast, she mentions caterpillars to butterfly. It's one of my favorite emoji sequences to use because we really are all in various stages of a chrysalis. In some stages, as far as my physical body goes, I'm definitely a blossoming butterfly. I have got that on lockdown. I know exactly when to eat, what to eat, how to work out, how much to sleep. When it comes to my emotional evolution, not so much. Still very much a caterpillar. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm just that goo inside the cocoon. I'm not even a caterpillar anymore. I'm just the goo trying to figure it all out. So whenever you start having these obstacle thoughts, let's say you, you've always wanted to learn the, the guitar. And an obstacle thought would be, well, I don't have a guitar. Um, or I'm too old to learn the guitar. Or there's too many chords to learn on a guitar. How am I ever going to be able to play my favorite song?" Right? Well, now these become strategies. These actually write them down. And now that becomes the plan that you put into action to accomplish that. You don't have a guitar. Perfect. Step one, get a guitar. That means you have to work for a month and save up your money. Then that's what you do because that's step one. Step two is learn the chords. There are YouTube videos, plethora for anything you've ever wanted to learn. There is a YouTube video for it. Now you can go on there and you can learn the A chord and just practice that for three days until you know the A chord with your eyes closed, right? Now, now, now there's some steps. Now you learn the other chords. Find that favorite song of yours you've always wanted to play. Find out what three or four, I don't know how many ever chords are in a song. Find out how, what they are and start practicing those things in order. What was once an obstacle now becomes a, a plan, a path to the success of what you've always wanted to do right? you Everything that you want to accomplish, is, it's inside your head. It's all, in many cases, we have these unconscious programs running telling us why we can't do stuff. When you start to think of that, get it down on paper, now it becomes conscious. Now it's out there. Now your feelings and your thoughts and your fears and all of this, this worry becomes tangible because you can see it in front of you. You have to have a new way of thinking. If you're sitting here struggling with the idea of being sober for more than a day or a week or a month or oh my goodness what's going to happen 3 years from now you know what happens if I miss an AA meeting right it's like okay first of all let's let's change our thinking on that stop what ifing yourself to death you're sober today we all know the you know it, it's a, you know it's day by day you know, just for today, that kind of thinking, right? So what is it you can do today to be more powerful in your sobriety and recovery? What is it you can do today to learn the guitar? What is it you can do today to make a new friend? Go to a meeting, hear somebody speak, you think, wow, that person's got a lot in common with me, or that person has a similar story. Go up, chat them up, maybe you exchange phone numbers, right? And now there's somebody you can call, right? There's, there's, there's an opportunity for a friend. Will they become a friend? You don't know until you try, the number one thing that comes from all of what I'm talking about today is that you have to change your thinking if you want a new result. There's a saying that people attribute to Einstein and I don't really think it's his or is it even really a saying because it just, I think it just sort of got made up. And now everybody repeats it as if it's been this saying that's existed for, you know, decades. But it's a, if you do the, what is it? It's, it's, If you if you do the same thing expecting a different result, that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result, right? The in the many cases, it's just your thinking that needs to change. Right, If you sit down with a guitar and you're trying to figure out A and E and B and G and it's not working, it doesn't mean that you don't know how to play those chords, but maybe it's just you're thinking, I'm never going to figure this out. And you sit there and try to practice for an hour. You're just not going to figure it out. I'm totally going to figure this out if I just sit here and practice these two chords today. It, it, now it puts your brain in a pathway of success. Right? You don't have to figure everything out now right? But you have to start practicing and believing that these new thoughts will produce better results. You got, it, it's the being in a rush to overcome the current situation, and this my therapist has told me so many times. It's a journey, not a destination. It's like with sobriety, Right, like you don't win sobriety, there's not an end to it. there's no rush to overcome sobriety and get into recovery because every day you might get challenged in your sobriety, every day you might get challenged in your recovery, and some days this might be awesome, and there's no challenge at all but you're 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 building new skills so that sobriety and recovery are easier for you. So that that when you see someone drinking a beer, you don't have the sudden urge to go over there and just slam their beer, jump behind the bar, drink all the booze and run out the door and, you know, just start throwing crazy punches at people like, right? Like you're building new skills to overcome things that used to be triggers that wanted you to use. In order to think differently, you have to know what you're thinking now. And that is all about writing things out and then looking it over. Sometimes, you know, I'll take that back. I don't even always go back over my journal notes. I don't even always go back and listen to my memos. But by getting them out of my head, it's like the brain already knows how to figure it out. Ask yourself, do you know where you are right now? Do you know where you are in in terms of making new friends, in your sobriety and recovery, learning the guitar? All right, now where do you want to end up? Where do you want to go? What are the obstacles in between? I love doing this. I call it reverse engineering. And I'm writing a book right now called College Success Habits that's going to go with the podcast I just recently launched called College Success Habits. And please, by all means, go check it out. It's a lot of the same information repurposed for a different clientele, a different listener, because these people probably are just now getting out of high school into college. Of course, college age people span all the way from 18 to 72 now. So it's A myriad of different people listening, but I'm just repackaging a lot of what I'm saying to you guys uh, without the framework of addiction, because a lot of them are still building the habits that will one day lead them to addiction of some sort. Everybody's addicted to something. Uh, Everybody's addicted to something, uh, whether it's a phone or negative thought patterns or negative behavior or whatever, eating too much, watching too much TV. Everyone's got an addiction of some sort. The brain just sort of latches on to addictions because they're easy. They're habitual. It doesn't have to think Go back and listen to episode two of College Success Habits. It's called Why the Brain Creates Habits. And it really just lays it out for you. The brain creates habits because then things are easier to do. Because it doesn't have to think whenever you get into that habit mode. And I know you know what I'm talking about. You leave work and you go to the same liquor store, buy the same pack of cigarettes, the same 40, the same pint of vodka. We do that. So in order to think differently, you have to know where you are now. Where do you want to go? And then all those obstacle thoughts in between, that's your strategy. How are you going to overcome those obstacles? You're just going to plan the overcoming. When you write it down, like you know it's right there in front of you. I live in Los Angeles. If I want to get to San Diego, then I plan the trip. All right, I've got to get, I've got to get out of Los Angeles. So how am I going to do that? Well, first, I'm going to pack the things I need up in my car. I'm going to get on the road. I'm going to get to the 5 South, and I'm going to start heading towards San Diego. All the obstacles, the, the crazy traffic in front of me, will my car run out of gas? Did my oil get changed? All right, great. Write all those down. Now, fill up your car. Go have your oil checked. Go have your oil changed. Have your tire pressure. Anything that you think is going to become a hurdle just becomes something else to do before you go on the trip so that you're prepared. Don't judge them as reasons that you can't get there. See them as strategies, as plans, as a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight to get you to San Diego. What do you need to overcome to get there instead of not getting there? All right? I put this in the notes. You get the results by action. You know, Don't focus on where you want to go in opposition to where you are right now. I've got an episode somewhere in here. It's called Toward Versus Away, and I might even do a, a, no, a new episode on that because I've learned a lot but about that since I first started talking about it. But I want you to look at it this way, the, the word Toward Versus Away. If you go to work every single day Because you don't want to be poor and live on the street and have to eat out of garbage cans. That's an away mentality. You go to work to get away from poverty. But if you go to work to have money to do the things that you want to do with your family, to be able to eat nice meals, to be able to keep a beautiful roof over your head and have a nice place, these are positive thoughts. So therefore, you're moving toward prosperity. I'm going to work to make money so that I can afford this amazing apartment I'm in or have this really nice car that I've never had before right I, I I'm not going to work to pay for the car because if I lose the car now I'm a poor moron without a car right <laughs> like that's a, that, that's an away mentality versus toward so don't focus on where you want to go in opposition to where you are right now because that's a that's an away mentality. Focus on where you want to go based on this fact that you're blossoming into this amazing new human being. The struggle from where you are now to where you want to go that's all oh, that's that's the delicious part. That's like whenever you were a kid and you had to eat your broccoli before you could eat your, your meat and potatoes. At least that's how I did it. I'd hold my nose, put the spinach in my mouth, swallow it down with some milk, and as soon as all the spinach was done, everything else left on the plate was delicious. It was the fun part. right? The space in between not knowing how to play the guitar and being really good at playing the guitar, all of that, that is the journey. That's the That's the delicious part. That's the good stuff. The sobriety and recovery, like the, from being an addict and always using to now being sober in recovery, that's all the good stuff. It never stops. We don't win sobriety and recovery. We don't graduate from it. It will get easier down the line to the point where you go out and you don't even think about using, you don't think about drinking, you don't think about any of that stuff. It will happen at some point, but it's going to take a lot of time to get from there to there. I once heard a saying in a relapse prevention class at Kaiser that the further I get away from my last drink, the closer I get to my next one. Ah, uh, that's a horrible, that's a horrible mindset. What about the further I get away from my last drink, the f- just the the closer I get to just not ever needing a drink again? Oh, uh, that didn't come out very well. But my point being is like, yeah, if you think at some, if you're just sitting there thinking, well, at some point I know I'm going to relapse, then it's going to show up. And we all know that relapse happens well before you actually relapse. You start doing similar behaviors as you used to do as an addict. Now you're doing them again as a sober person and you're just sort of getting yourself into a situation where at some point you're going to relapse. So you've got to constantly be on your game, be paying attention to what it is your behaviors are doing. And these obstacle thoughts, this is the kind of stuff that you were running through in your head when you were an addict. The revealing and the overcoming of all of these obstacle parts, that's the amazing part, not the achieving. So set a goal and make it measurable, the SMART goal. So what is it? uh, Set a time frame. um, What is it? Set the goal, make it measurable, um, attainable. um, How do you know the results are there? And then time something like that. I don't remember what SMART goals means. You can Google it. But just remember that if you have it as a measurable goal, then whenever things start to come up that are obstacle thoughts, you can say, okay, cool. I did not see this hurdle coming. Great. It's a new one. Let's put it down on paper and let's figure out how to overcome it. When I talk to my clients on the phone and somebody is like, okay, I want to be the number one realtor um, in my district for the month. I say, great. How will you know when you have become the number one realtor? Oh, well, whenever I sell the most houses. Okay. But if you sold 10 houses for $200,000 or one house for two million dollars, you would make the same amount of money. So do you really need to sell the most houses or do you need to sell the most money altogether that the houses are worth? Right? Like what the way you're thinking that it's measurable may not necessarily be the only way that it's measurable. I will know I know how to play the guitar whenever I can play Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd. That's a pretty damn hard song to play. But if you could play row, row, row your boat, you're playing the guitar, boom, you're now playing a guitar. So figure out a way that makes it measurable, so that you can have these little victories. I'm really big into little victories. When I sat down to write the first part of my book the other day, um, it was just name the t- it was just name the book and name the chapter titles and the subtitles, right? And then as I was writing the book, I realized that it took me like an hour to write what amounted to about fifteen hundred words. I don't know how many pages that would be in the book when it's all said and done because the book won't be eight by 11. Most books aren't. So I don't know how that's going to look, what the font will be like anyways. So what I realized is that for me to know how long this book was going to be, that's not a measurable goal. Like, okay, so I write 50 pages uh, in the word processor. Is that, is that a complete book? I don't know. So that's not a measurable way to do it. So now measurable would be to have all the information I want in each one of the chapters out and done and on my computer so that I can start to read it over and edit it. I'm a much better editor than I am a writer. So I don't consider I don't consider the first draft the ultimate ending, right? It's it's like the perfectionist who's afraid to start because they're afraid that it won't be perfect at the end, so they just procrastinate the start. Procrastination and perfectionism are both are both fear. They're obstacle thoughts. So what is, what, is the, what, what is it that you're really thinking about whenever you have perfectionism? It's fear. It's an obstacle thought. Figure out what those issues are you're having with why you ha- you're not starting. Let's go back to the, to the book. Uh, if I'm a perfectionist, which I would never call myself, then my fear of starting the book might be, well, it's not going to be thoughtful. It's not going to be provocative. It's, people aren't going to want to read it. It's going to be stupid. It's going to sound like an eighth grader wrote it or an eight-year-old wrote it. Okay, but until I actually start to write it, I'm not going to know. turns out there's a ton of technology out there that allows me to do voice to text and uh, Amazon transcribes things. So I'm just going to dictate the entire book and then I'll get it out and then I'll be able to drop that dictation into the word processor and then I'll be able to edit it from there and then I'll be able to really get down into what it's going to look like and sound like. I don't write how I talk because I'm not a very good typer. So sitting there and trying to type whatever it is I'm thinking isn't working but I can get on my headset and I can record it into an audio file and then send it over to Amazon. They can send it back to me, all the words down, and then I can go and I can write it and copy and paste it and I can turn it into my book. Boom. So what was once an obstacle thought, I'm not typing fast enough. This doesn't sound enough like me because I'm not writing the way I talk became, well, how can I write the way I talk? Boom. Put on the headset, record it, Amazon, transcription, transcription now it's done, right? So, it, I mean, it literally took me a few minutes of thinking about this and all of a sudden it was like, sweet, I just figured it out because I've been doing this for so long. This might be something completely brand new to you. So you're gonna be like, wow, where can I use this? Think about what it might be like to get up on time for work. What is, you're hitting snooze three times, then set your alarm 30 minutes earlier, hit snooze for that 30 minutes and then when you finally get up, boom, now you're up on time, Rather than setting the alarm for the time you need to get up and then hitting the snooze three times and now you're always late. Now, I mean, see, it's, it's, it's that simple. So think about something you want to accomplish in your sobriety and recovery. It could be losing weight. It could be reading a a book about your sobriety and recovery or just getting back into fun reading. It could be um, getting in touch with your emotions and being able to be vulnerable around those that you care about and admit the difficulties of your life or of this journey, whatever it might be. And now what are the obstacles? What are the reasons that you're not accomplishing this? Go back over think about that stuff, write it down on paper. And now that becomes your plan. I'm having a hard time being vulnerable with my spouse or my significant other, because I think they'll think less of me. They won't think I'm, uh, they'll think I'm less of a man or less of a woman. They won't think I'm strong. Good. Now you have these things that are obstacles to where you want to go. By being vulnerable and I'm learning this, it actually makes you stronger. (laughs) By being vulnerable. And if somebody that you're vulnerable in front of doesn't think that, that's not somebody you need to be around. Because we all know when we're vulnerable how difficult that is. They're probably not vulnerable because they're afraid. You're stepping out of the fear. You are becoming the butterfly. I know this is attainable for every single person. I, when I talk about this stuff, I don't know where you're at in your sobriety and recovery. I don't. And if you immediately hear this and say, I can't do this, or this is something I can't do until later, that's an obstacle thought. Oh, I can't do this. I'm, all, I'm only three days in. I can't do this. I'm only 30 days in. I'm only three months in. I'm only three years in. That's an obstacle thought. Why do you think that? Time has zero relevancy into your success rate with your sobriety and recovery. I really get tired of people saying, well, I've only got three days or 30 days or three months, so who am I to give advice to anyone else? Because I used to think that. I, I've gone to speak at addiction centers and they're like, well, you've only got 29 months. You know, I mean, what do you know? I don't know. I know more than the person with, you know, 27 months. <laughs> I know more than the person with 27 days. And somebody with 270 months knows something more than me. But I bet you I can teach them something and I know they can teach me something. A fool and a wise man meet upon a path who learns more. It's always the wise man because the fool never listens. Don't listen to your obstacle thoughts coming out of your brain and allow them to fool you into thinking you can't accomplish this stuff. Start listening to what your brain tells you. Start figuring out why it's telling you that. Get it out of your head. Get it on paper. Use those obstacle thoughts as your strategy, as your plan to achieve your goal, whatever it might be. It's absolutely attainable. It's going to take work. It's going to take dedication. It's going to take consistency. But you've got nothing but time because you're sober now and that's what's important. You can be sober and sitting on your couch and still watching The Simpsons doing the same shit that you always did and feeling like your life isn't getting any better and it's constantly, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. Or you can switch your thinking and say, okay, I'm sober. Great. Now what? Now what do I do with this newfound freedom? It is there for you. It is there for the taking. You just have to be willing to step into that space and say, this is the new me. I'm not worried about if or when I will I will relapse because I, I that is not happening. I when people say how do you stay sober and I'm like I don't even understand the question sometimes, because I, the moment I think about t- putting a drop of alcohol on my tongue, that's like my God, th- I would not just have one beer. I would drink a swimming pool of whiskey, and I would die. <laughs> There is no going back to that person. I was an alcoholic. I've cocooned. I'm now a sobriety butterfly. I don't get to go back. I don't get to try to go back and drink like a responsible person. That's not me. I don't want to manage this stuff. And I'm not going to allow all these obstacle thoughts to get in the way. The moment I have them, I'm going to write them down. I'm going to figure out the plan, the strategy, and I'm going to get that damn goal done. I'm going to look behind them and be like, wow, that's awesome. I did that. But just remember, it's the gap in between the realization you need to change and, the, and, and getting to that achievement. It's all that stuff in the middle. That's the good stuff. So enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. And I say this mostly to myself because I don't always enjoy the journey. If you have that issue, I can attest to it. It's not easy. I feel like I'm always wanting to win, win, win my sobriety and recovery. But there is no winning that. You know, if you're trying to learn the guitar, or you're trying to play a sport. You even watch the team: the, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Stephen Curry. They win the championship, and they're already play, they're already thinking next year. Tom Brady's already thinking about next year. He's holding the trophy. Peyton Manning's already thinking about next year. He's holding the trophy. I'm not sure Bill Bilichek has ever even thought about holding the trophy. He literally touches it for like ten seconds, sets it to the side, and he's like picks up his notebook and starts figuring out his game plan for the next year. There are times where you will achieve, and there will be an ending. But it's just the ending for that section of the journey. There's still so much more journey to go. The obstacle thoughts will never stop coming. Get them out of your head. Get them on paper. Use them as your strategy and go out there and achieve. Thank you so much for listening to me and honoring me with your time. I got super excited into that. I hope that you have learned from it as much as I did just by being able to repeat it to you. As always, treat each other with kindness, love, and respect. It's all about inclusion, not exclusion. The power of positive energy. Release it and your life will flow. Bless you all. I'm honored by your attendance here today. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.